Two friends get together so that we can try things. You're invited to the podcast so that you can try things. Now we'll stop singing so that we can all now try this. That was pretty good. You can't steal someone else's catchphrase, dude. God damn it, you're right. I thought he could. I, I thought that was fair use. Shut up. No, you didn't. Is that fair use? That's... No, you have to add something new and different. That's like Vanilla Ice stealing that Sting song. It's like, mine goes... Yeah. It's different. It's completely different. It's a different song completely. Yo, man, it is... That was a Sting, though, right? That was... That was fucking Bowie and... The guy with the big mouth i'm pretty sure it was sting under pressure pushing down on me isn't that what it's no i thought he stole from the song that biggie sang i've been watching you every breath you take he stole the r kelly song every that's sting sting sing oh every I be- move you make i believe i can fly that was sting Woo. too I believe I can touch the sky. I like to imagine. I think about you every night and day. In my head canon. Wait, you you. In, in, in my head canon, you've bought a Sting greatest hits, and it's just other people's songs. <laughs> and you grew up your oh, entire life, but, but, but just thinking that Sting wrote all of these greatest hits. Yeah, but besides all that, I mean, we we can agree. Sting sang on an airplane, on an airship. This is how I'm journeying through. Don't stop believing <laughs> about the spaceships coming through. I think we all can agree on that seminal classic. Uh, welcome back, Marcus, to the Now Try This podcast. We are here to talk about a challenge I gave you. But first... But first... What have you been up to lately? Man, uh, not a whole lot, unfortunately. Great, I'll talk about me then. So when, uh, so what's going yo, on? Yo, did, did you watch the Defenders? No, I haven't watched it. yet. I watched all of it. Is it good? Do you want to hear about it? Is it worth giving it to me as a challenge? I will give. You, well, no, because then I wouldn't talk about it here. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, did you like the other four shows? I like. What were the other four shows? I like Daredevil. If you have and to I like ask, Jessica Jones, and that's it. Okay, then you should watch the Defenders because they're in it and they're good. <laughs> Yo, it's so weird because Charlie Cox and Kristen Ritter and even and I liked Luke Cage. Yeah, and even I like Luke um, Cage. Mike Coulter is like they're like so good mm-hmm. and they're so interesting, charismatic on screen. And the guy that's Iron Fist isn't bad, but Iron Fist sucked. Oh. And this has so much to do with the Iron Fist you and really the hand. Iron Fist too. Right? No, I didn't. No, I did not. No, I finished I meant, it. I meant the comic book. Sorry. Oh. Let me clarify for the people at home the comic book. I'm one of those guys that's read so many comics though that I kind of like everybody though because I've, okay. I've read a good story with almost everybody. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've read the good Booster Gold stuff. Good, I've read yeah. the good Beatles stuff. I think a good writer you know? can take anybody and make it. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. Um. And then they take them off that comic book, and then they put them on another comic they book. They usually put them on what they think is like a flagship yeah, title. they kind of put them on Batman, Superman, or the X-Men or some shit. Yeah, and yeah. that never works out for anybody. Nope. Yeah. Well, no, they always have like an interesting well, take. it works out. An no. interesting thing, but then they keep, on them, they keep, they keep yeah. them on it too long. I'll say Jeff Lemire used to be one of my favorite writers. The only one in recent history that has gotten off a book on his own terms because he wanted to while he was still like the best was yeah. probably Mark Wade's Daredevil. 
Ooh. Yeah, everyone loved that was a long time ago. Everyone loved it. Well, yeah. But everyone loved that Daredevil yeah. run, and it didn't, like, get bad. He stopped doing it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But that, is, that um, doesn't usually happen. That they doesn't usually happen. But Jeff, Lemire, uh, Jeff Lemire, one of my favorite comic book writers. Jeff Lemire, um, what has he written? He's written Animal Man. Um, mm. They let him have a, his take on Animal Man. He really had like his own unique style and... and he did a cool thing with him in the new 52 the reason why it was so cool though was because he integrated him with uh, like yeah. all the other uh-huh. mythical exactly. dark he gave Corey him a place and a of, home and yeah. then he also started writing justice league dark and his yeah. run was pretty cool which is super interesting though also because animal man is one of those heroes that was dumb and then grant morrison took him and made him cool and made well he made him super interesting yeah that's he made fair. him not cool on purpose <laughs> Like, he took his uncoolness and made interesting, artful stories. Jeff Lemire made him cool. Yeah. Jeff Lemire was cool. Yeah, there was a lot of cool shit that he did with that run. Also, Jeff Lemire writes Sweet Tooth, and Sweet Tooth is one of my favorite comic books of all time. What's Sweet Tooth about? Sweet Tooth is, it's complicated, but basically, (laughs) a disease breaks out. That's, that's That's the best way to sell something. Hey, uh, I, I love this comic. Can you try it? You want to try it? Oh, sure. What's it about? It's complicated. <laughs> it's about a disease that breaks out and starts turning children into, or, or babies are start being born like half human, half animal, like some kind of weird hybrid. Um, and so it's, it follows Sweet Tooth, who is like a half deer, half human thing. And... He lives alone with his dad in the woods, and his dad's like, never leave these woods because it's not safe outside. And then his dad dies, and so he's stuck in the house, hungry and dying and alone, and he has to venture out for food, and that's when he runs into a, a guy. Speaking of someone holed up in the woods with not a lot to do, maybe listening to podcasts, let's read some podcast reviews. Podcast reviews. Mm. We're gonna do some reviews for you. Podcast reviews. Mm. It's better than the news. Podcast You're gonna have to reviews. sing that every time now, <laughs> because that was golden. Uh, you wanna read the first one? Yeah, let's read the read first one. This, this, Is it that, that one? Hilarious and awesome by Rian four fourteen. Ooh, how many stars? Five stars. Oh my god, I'm getting wet. <laughs> Made me giggle like an idiot on the train. People were staring. It was worth it. Where, Thank you, Rianne, 414. Where are the trains? There's trains in New York City. There are trains in New York City. California. Uh-huh. Uh, Seattle. Chicago. Boston. Uh-huh. Uh, London. Yeah. Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Korea. Can, listeners at home, how many countries with trains in them can so you name? So which one of United those States. places is this? I'm going to bank Seattle. That's my guess. I'm gonna best. I'm gonna bank New York City. You know why? Gal. Because four one four. That sounds like an area code of uh, Washington. <laughs> Washington area code four one four. Damn four one four. Repping four one four. Yo, bra bra four one four. This next review says more, please. Black clapping signs. Black That's very clapping important. hands. Well, thank you. Listen, here's the For thing. The, the black community. You loves can us. put Is clapping can hands. We have to like hold that? the thing. <laughs> And pick the black one. Uh, five stars from Whiskey Neat Freak. Uh, I love the topics you guys choose. It's like listening to my friends talk. It's great. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, Thank yep. Thank you so much. Appreciate um, it. Honestly, there are more, and we're going to read them. Okay, um, this one's called Stumbled on This. This is from Mr. Poo Poo Dupolis. 
Uh, randomly, I feel like you pronounced the wrong name wrong. This is obviously Mr. Puppetopolis. 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 There is Puppetopolis. Mr. Puppetopolis. My next Yo, Mr. Puppetopolis, thanks for dropping by. What do you gotta say? Randomly saw this podcast and I have to catch up. These guys are too funny. Thank you, Mr. Puppetopolis. You know, I was okay with our bad jokes, but then when this person said we were funny, I felt ashamed about it. <laughs> like, we can't do better than that. And when someone says I'm funny, I'm like, God damn it, I gotta do Gilmore better. Girls, question mark, question mark, exclamation point, five stars by BZB Chris. I didn't think I'd be interested in a show like this. These guys made me want to watch this show. Great insight and very entertaining. Marcus, show them our trademark entertainingness. Hey guys, it's me and Marcus. I'm part of the podcast too. Sometimes you forget I'm here, but I'm here too. You know what's funny? Yeah. We have two four-star reviews. Really? Mm-hmm. What's the second four-star review? Uh, it was our first review. What? It was our first review ever. He had listened to the uh, Riverdale podcast. Oh, okay. But we have 25 reviews. Most of them are pretty good. All of them are good. Mo- well... One of them said we sing too much, and that's the only thing we don't listen Was to. Was that a four-star one? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we lost a star because of our singing. God damn it. Or gained more from the others. I mean, I've only been singing more since then, so I imagine... You honestly have, 100%. You have not stopped. <laughs> and uh, we, our reviews okay. have only been getting better. That's... Thank you guys for leaving reviews. Mm. We love you so much. Yo, dude. Fucking... I wish I had more to talk about, but work's been nuts. Well, let's get into the thing we're supposed to talk about. No, that's fine. So, Asterius so, Polyp. So, how, do you, how do you say it? Honestly. Asteri- Asterius Polyp. Asterius Polyp. Asterius Polyp. You just gotta say it with confidence. doesn't matter yeah. how you say it. Asterius yeah. Polyp. Asterius Polyp, dude. Asterius Polyp. Asterius Polyp. By who? David Mulligan. Monsterchelli. Monsterchelli. <laughs> Monster Chili. Monster Chili. David Monster Chili wrote this book. He's a great writer. He's written classics like... Oh no, that's there's a monster in my chili. David Mazzucchelli wrote very famously Daredevil Born Again and Batman Year One. I mean, drew them. Um, but this is an original graphic novel. He wrote it. He edited it. He drew Batman he drew Year it. One? This guy? That's pretty cool. Are you making a joke? I can't tell. No, I'm... I'm the art is so different from the classic comic books mm-hmm. that I... Oh yeah, would he's, have never he's, imagined this that isn't he did like, something like that. This isn't like a random like professor that decided to make a graphic novel. He's yeah. a comic book artist, a famous comic book artist, one of the greats. Batman Year One is toted as top five yeah, best graphic novels ever. Yeah, uh, Frank Miller writing about Batman's first year. Batman Year One. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a fucking classic. Batman uh, Daredevil Born Again, super super pivotal. I don't know it's not coming to mind. You don't know what that is? That's no. when, um, that has to do with the Kingpin stuff, I think. Like, the first, it's also Frank Miller, but it's like, it's a run on Daredevil where the Kingpin shows up, and I think it's the Electro one. Guys, in case you did not know, uh, Asterius Pot, the book, graphic novel we're talking about today is a graphic novel, so that's why we're bringing up comic books and stuff. We're actually on topic, in case you thought we weren't. Haters. Keep sipping that haterade. Where can I get some haterade? It sounds like a like a good deal. They sell it in the nine nine cent store. You have the old thrift stores only. Thrift stores only. Yeah, they sell it. You don't bring it in though. Like the company went under, but they make mm-hmm. soda. Right. 
And also, it's a soda. It's not actually Gatorade. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. Yeah. So, Haterade is mm-hmm. a soda that they sell in right. thrift stores. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. What does yeah. it taste like? It tastes like uh, Dr. Lightning. You ever had Dr. Lightning? Uh, no, I've had Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> oh, comic book joke. I'm on fire today. Nice. Yo, what's going on with you, dude? You haven't said anything about you. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't have to say it like that. You could have made some other stuff. I'm like, well, work's been fine. Work's Life's been, been good. Oh, wow. I've been wow. hanging a lot, a lot with you. Wow, wait, I'm not depressed. I'm going through nothing. Life is cool. I... <laughs> You're bad at this, dude. I can't. I'm bad at lying. You're bad so, at lying? there was... Then tell the truth and say, oh, I'm pretty miserable, but that's okay. I'm pretty miserable, but that's okay, because we all have ups and downs. Boom, 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 boom. You you don't sound good being the optimistic one. I don't. You sound like you're lying. <laughs> you sound... So, I, I've always been... I used... I grew... It's weird, because I grew up super cynical. Yeah? Like, I was a little kid, and I thought I was smarter than everybody else and I retracted into my intellect and I hated everyone else because of it and I was super cynical hated everything and I would everyone would be like wow what a beautiful day and I'd be like it'll rain tomorrow (laughs) and that's the kind of kid I was but then at some point in high school Mm -hmm. when I decided I wanted to be an actor it clicked for me that people hate those people <laughs> and to be an actor i had to be open and honest yeah and to be open and honest it's way easier to live life if the glass is half full that's fair because when the glass is half empty and you try to live open and honest you're gonna kill yourself mm-hmm. because everything is like right there and you're raw and you're like putting your emotions out there like for everyone to see yeah. and if you're not optimistic and you're not cheery at least a little bit yeah you will fall victim to everything wrong in your entire life <laughs> so at some point in high school i clicked and changed i mean we all have our dour moments yeah. but now i'm the optimist of the group and i'm the cheery one and i'm yeah. like hey guys no let's do it yeah. i go to work you be like all right guys we're gonna have a great day you know i have bad days too where i'm like oh, of course sucks yeah um but you uh-huh Never had that switch because you're not. I don't know because whatever I, reason. I think, so you sounding optimistic since you're so cynical normally uh-huh. sounds like you're a liar. <laughs> it sounds like you're trolling me. It's not genuine. No, yeah, it's gonna um, be a great day. <laughs> uh, well, also it's funny because I you're talking about childhood and I remember being what what I used to do. I was still fucking like emo. Like that's the only way I could really describe it. Not, well, you're, not you're emo in, the, in terms of goth and the style. No, but you're like in the metal and like. Well, not even that. But I used to. Here's what I mean by me being emo. I used to instead of playing in the playground at elementary school, I used to walk alone and be like, I walk, like sing under my breath. Like to myself. I walk a lonely road. Lonely road. And I, that was my fucking oh, anthem, man. All by yourself. Yeah, I would walk in the playground. I feel like we all had a moment playing. like that growing up, but I think I think yours just didn't. Mine mean. lasted a long yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, it lasted too long. Mine lasted too long. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And then eventually, I found that being funny was great. And then in high school, I was the funny guy. But. It wasn't until high school. It's I was drowned. choking and drink. I was a funny guy. I'm so funny. Uh, and then in high school, I was a funny guy. And then in college, I don't know what I was. You were also the funny guy. You had tons of friends in college. Everyone loved you. Everyone fucking loved you in college. Fuck. Well, they're stupid for loving me. That's, that's not true. Nah, what is that called? When I feel like... What is know, that called when you like put other people down for liking you? I feel like that's a thing, right? That's not put, what I do, hold on, hold but... On. Put people... You know what's funny? All of this seems like it's out of context, but because of this book 
and the things and themes in it and what we have to talk yeah. about, it's totally relevant. Exactly. It yeah. totally is. Um, so, uh, what you're, what did you just say? Say it again. That, what is it? it, it when, you, when, you when you put people down, put down for, for liking, liking you. you. So, you think that they're wrong because you suck. Yeah. I'm and, worthless. And, so, and like, you like me. On so you top must be, of me sucking, yeah. you suck. Because you don't have good taste. Yes. I suck, so you liking me means you suck, too. <laughs> what is you that called? Funny? But that, I feel like that has to do with some of the I things. I think it also plays into bit. the thing that you did in college where people liked, liked, it, it, people liked you, and you would make friends with them, but then you would distance yourself from them. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes into what you're saying right now. Like, mm, you like me a little too much. There's something wrong with <laughs> Why are you attaching yourself to me? Who the hell am I? Yeah, I'm kind of funny. I'm kind of nice. But, like, why are you, like, all about hanging out all this? Like, this is too much. Let me just get a... Let me just get a <laughs> that all the time. With, like, tons of different groups That's of fair. people. Like, I would name names. Don't name names. Uh, but you know the, the people who I'm talking about. That's There's true. tons of different groups that happened all the time. But I wouldn't go. I was like a leech. I dug in my mouth <laughs> right on your it's thigh true. and i was I, like I i'm myself not leaving oh, you all the show time. up in front of my dorm all the time. room and be like every day hey we're going to p-dubs i'm like but i'm in my room I'm and like, you're nope. like nope i'm coming up or I'm you're coming, coming up. down and i'm driving you <laughs> to my place and i'm not driving you back so i guess you're sleeping <laughs> over and you're like oh uh, uh. and then you couldn't complain because i paid for the p-dubs so it's like well i don't want to like that's usually yeah i don't want i don't want to be exactly like be rude but you're you like i bought p-dubs and i'm like i'll pay you back and you're like no nah, that's good and i'm like okay i guess i'll stay here then but too. be my friend <laughs> <laughs> i am it's funny because i don't think of it as buying friendship because when when i'm really close to someone i like spending money i like yeah. sharing anything i have with them because i i don't i don't see money like that it's, it's a huge detriment i'm horrible with money because of it yeah but it is nice that I know that material wealth and materialness has such a little bearing on me. Like, yeah. it is nice that I'm, I'm free like that. I know yeah. I need to work on, like, a savings account and shit. Of course. Um, there has to be a balance, but I like that quality in you that you're willing to go yeah. all in At the people. same time, though, it's, like, only, like, a half a skip and a divide away from, like, buying friendship. <laughs> buying your friendship? Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. hey, hey, you want to be my friend? Sure. Okay, here's 16 gifts. <laughs> what do you like? Okay, I like being friends with Nick. I, I like these Oh, gifts. yeah, go gee whiz wild girl. Oh, man, I, I need a new $1,000 uh, computer. Oh, well, I, I, I got $1,000. Oh, oh, really? Wow. What, what kind mean, of computer I do you like? I wouldn't ask that you do that for no, me. No, you don't even have to ask. I mean, what, a what Mac kind is of... like $3,000? Well, what, why don't I just put four grand down so you can get the security? Wow. Like, what? Thank yeah, you so much. No, don't even worry about you it. You can get Apple Care, yeah, you too. Want... Oh, sure, that's no problem. You want to hang out tomorrow? Uh, I'm busy. Oh, that's okay. Maybe should should I have the apple sent to my place or yours? Send it to my place. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one skip. But also, to be fair, I also would say, I'm talking a oh, huge amount about myself right now. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character, and I only attach myself to people that I think deserve it, at least in yeah. some way, trait. And nobody's perfect. I don't nobody's expect my friends perfect. to be. So, the people that are privileged with my friendship are high-quality individuals. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I was talking about you. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, dude. We do this podcast and I can't get, I can't get We're out. we friends? I know. God damn it. <laughs> Me trying to say you're not my friend after the 20-some-odd episodes. Where you're like, you're my best friend. Where I'm like, <laughs> Rape, how amazing you are and how much I love you. It would be, 
I, oh my god. Oh, man, I'm the good. biggest tool. <laughs> Let's talk about a serious polyp. Okay, so why did you give me this book? Though? Okay, so it's funny that we're talking uh, naturally about our history and college and our friendship because this book, I found this book. So I was president of comic book club in college. Yep. Um, <laughs> the coolest position around. Um, if you could be president of one thing, comic book club was it. Well, I was also captain of the step team. Oh, shit. Yeah, Fucking I Fucking damn, I didn't know you were so cool, man. You're hip-hopping and comic book popping. Quick, quick pop quiz. One of those clubs got me laid. The uh, the step team. Yeah, you're right. So Because <laughs> I know you asked every girl out in the comic book club, and they all said no. They all said no. <laughs> I was president of those fucking nerds, and I could never even get a date. Come on, man. Come on. I was never even creepy about it. You saw. I saw, yeah. Like they just, just, I mean, you just abused your power, but I oh, mean... Oh, I hate you so much. No, I didn't. Stop it. Don't lie to our fucking fans. Our, father, our fans are here for honesty. No, it would be the kind of thing where I think, this is my judgment, but this is also saying, well, like, why wouldn't girls want to be with me? I know. That, you, uh, you're so, walking into a trap right now. Yeah, but I don't care. Saying. I'm pretty sure it's also the group of people that go to comic book club are, there's the guys and the girls. The guys are the types that ask lots of girls on get rejected a lot, and the girls are the type that get asked all the time and I have to reject all the time so even if I had done I don't know I mean I guess some, most of those would probably just wanted to say no but they also all are like pre-programmed to say no right away uh-huh. because I, oh it's society's fault <laughs> they didn't want to date you Man, I feel like you very easily could have get come into my corner and like reiterated what I was saying in a, a nice succinct way. But nope, you're like throw me under the bus. No, I I understand. I, I feel like nerdy girls tend to get asked out a lot by a lot of I, a lot of guys. Yeah, and they come to comic book club to like, oh, I can finally just kind of thing. And then the Literally, president comes up and like, hey, hey, who are you? What's and, up? And honestly, a lot of comic book and, and nerdy guys are kind of creepy. I mean, guys in general are pretty creepy. Yeah, I'm pretty creepy. But they literally everywhere in Comic-Con have to have signs saying cosplay is not consent. Oh my God, crazy. Literally dude. everywhere. Crazy. Littered around Comic-Con. It's so crazy. But that's, but that's because it's a constant reminder. Those fucking creeps who are like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to touch a girl today. Oh, I just found out uh, uh, one of our bartenders at work. She is, she just finished filming a Sailor Moon f- fan film thing, Ooh. Sailor Mars. Yeah, I'm super excited to cool. like. Oh, I forgot to ask her to look at pictures. She said she has some pictures. She's like a combat person. I'm super interested. Oh, that's I wonder really if it's cool. Cool, good. It's super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not good, it'd be like, I know that person. Totally. So in college, um, I, as president of comic book club, I was exposed to lots of different comics, even more than like my wheelhouse is pretty vast with comics. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was fucking president. Like I knew a thing or two, but because of the club, I was exposed to so many different people that had so many different tastes. And I remember it was Bill. This was one of Bill's favorite comics. And Bill Nye, the science guy. Yep. Bill Nye. Cool. Wow. Uh, you, you went to college with him? Mm-hmm. Bill. You should have told me. Bill was a smart science guy. And he, uh, he always raved about this book. So I think I, I borrowed it from him from one day. But I borrowed it from him the perfect time in my college life. So in college... Wow, isn't I, that beautiful? Like how fate and destiny works. Wow. Let's just take a moment of silence to appreciate it. Yeah. Let me know when you're done. No, I think you still got some more. <laughs> um, so, 
In college, I had a long-term girlfriend. Uh, we both know who it was. We will... Samantha. Use her name because no, who the fuck cares? Her name was Kate. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. I was giving her another name and giving you an out. Well, why? But you didn't take it. Absolutely not. So that's not. fine. No, no, no. I, I don't plan on... She's never going to listen to this. I don't plan on throwing her under the coals, but we'll see how the, the rest of the podcast goes. <laughs> um, but we had gotten... We had just broken up. And I read this book, and this book gave me an insight into myself and our relationship that nothing else could have. It gave me some closure that nothing else could have because this graphic novel was written and drawn by the same person. So the art and the writing are seamlessly together. There is no difference. The way the art and the words are on the page is all one image that you're interpreting all at once. And because of that, when you are reading it, it's like a full brain experience. You're like taking it all in. And at the same time, I was super reflective on myself and my relationship and why everything worked and what didn't and what blah, 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 blah. And we'll talk about the themes in the book and why, what's going on in it. But that was why it changed me a little bit having read this book because I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. It, it just... It, I read it at the perfect time of my life. Yeah. And it's also a great book. Okay. It is. And you've never read it. And I was like, yo, you like comics and you have, uh, you know, you don't have to talk about any of it, but you've, you're at a uh, turning point in your life as well. So I thought maybe, even though I you are not like a serious at all, <laughs> but I am a little bit at times, okay. which is why... I think it probably touched me way more than it would you. But I still feel like a part of this story is about how being yourself and how being in a relationship can and should mean the same thing. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why I gave you the book. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like I got a little bit of a different message from it. Okay. But. Sure. Well, you saying that being yourself. I think what you're saying is a great point. Mm-hmm. But also, and it, but also, I feel like he changed a lot in the book. Yeah. And he grew, and so I don't know what being your what does being yourself even really mean. It's really in hard general, for me. You know? It's really hard for me because the general philosophy I have in life mm-hmm. is. N- you have to argue with me really hard that people change. Yeah. Because I... Like, even when I was describing earlier how I was cynical and then I turned optimistic... Yeah. That switch was just me tuning in to more of myself. Yeah. Than changing. I think... It's mostly a semantic game. I get it. That's a semantic it. and perception. I, I get it. Yeah. But for me, the way I view the world and the way I view myself and... The way I do acting and yeah. managing and this podcast and our yeah. friendship and all this stuff. Yeah. The thing that I always have to do to do them successfully is be yeah. sure of myself. That's interesting. And to be sure of myself, if I had the thought that I was ever changing, it would throw a wrench into the thought of I'm always myself. Yeah. Because if I'm always changing, I'm never myself. Hmm. But if I'm never changing, I'm always myself. So it's more of a tuning fork, turning the dial, trying to... 
tune it to the right yeah. note as I, opposed to changing the I feel like note. conceptually I get that and there's nothing wrong with that philosophy. Yeah. But my philosophy is sort of I'm in, on an island mm-hmm. and when you as a person are born, you are there alone. And then your family are the first people who join you on the island and they bring with them their island a little bit a little piece of their island right uh-huh. and so that's where you start to grow you're like okay my island joins their island and we kind of form this little bond together and you grow and then you meet people in school because those are your first interactions usually in a school or playground with friends or whatever uh, and then they add their little pieces of their island and then you're, you grow as a person more and then eventually more and more people add little pieces of themselves to you and you're constantly growing because you're constantly learning more about the world and then through people adding a little bit of themselves so you're just learning more you're learning more <clears throat> even if it's not an actual person you meet like it's it could be a youtuber it could be a news anchor it could be in, information that you're getting just you grow and your world grows more and so i feel like as a person you're constantly evolving and growing and so you the concept of self is something that is uh, ever-changing and so uh, you can think that you're one way and this is who I am and that's that's fine um, but I think that it's so flowy that you're always gonna be different at different points in your life mm-hmm. and so that's sort of my view of things and I think that in this book it sort of happens. I sort of, I think that kind of thing happens because we see him through different parts of his life and he's very much the same. Um, you know, he's a very intelligent guy. He's always, um, he's not braggadocious, but he definitely is constantly showing people up intellectually. Um, he's never one to actually say he's the smartest person in the room, but he definitely gives off that vibe that he thinks so. Um, you know, he'll usually put other people down or talk poorly of other people. Um, and in his way, that is him saying, I am the smartest person in the room. They are beneath me. Even if maybe that's not his intention, because I, I, I feel like as you get to know him more, you, you see maybe he didn't mean to, to come across that way. Um, but then, you know, he gets divorced in the story, right? He gets divorced or they just separate. I think he gets divorced. Because divorce is, is like a big thing, yeah. He gets divorced in the story, and then, you know, he goes on this other journey to sort of, like, get as far away from everything as possible. No, yeah, so his house catches on fire, and then he goes away. He's like, fuck it. Like, fuck everything. <laughs> I think my house caught on fire, and I'm leaving, right? I think, the yeah, I think events? fundamentally, our viewpoint, it's, it's funny, because we're good friends, and we are similar in a lot of aspects, uh-huh. but I think... And I'm really boiling it down. Yeah. Like a lot. But I think the difference between how we identify ourselves is a little bit of choice. Yeah. You, I think there's a little less choice involved. You let others influence you. You 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 let them um, change you. You 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 kinda you kinda going with the tides a little more. Whereas me, with the way I'm thinking about it, is I make the choice to be the same i guess i guess so. or I, to recon my life yeah that i've always been this way 
That's fair. I feel like there's some retconning going on where you're like... 100%. Even if you do change... But it's, like, it's choice. I'm it's... just being my true self or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's the choice I'm making. Like I said earlier, the only way I can... The only way I have successfully so far lived life... Yeah. <laughs> is to be sure of myself. Yeah. My thing is not so much letting people change who I am. It's yeah. more that you change no matter what. Coming into another human being, but you can choose not you to change. No, I I don't know. That, I think that's your, where I think that's the difference. I think at your core, you as whoever you are, you're still that person on the island, and you still have your piece of the island, and that's who you are, mm-hmm. and that never changes. You just grow, and other people influence you, but at your core, you're still you still have your island, which started everything. You know. Yeah, I think the way I do it is I'm on a boat. It's my boat. I'm visiting lots of islands all the time. Sometimes yeah. I'll take some of the island. I'll put it in my boat. Uh huh. But I'm still in my. I'm still in my boat. Yeah. Okay. And I'm traveling through all these islands in my boat as. Yeah. I feel like me. I feel like through my experiences, I've had a lot of people in my life that I didn't want in my life, and I had no control that's over. And so that's, that's why I view it as people having an effect on you, whether you wanted it or not. Interesting. And I have also had not as much control over my life. Mm-hmm. So I have double down <laughs> and said no i'm sorry you're actually all wrong i have all the control nick you said the word of the day double down brought to you part by kfc's double down sandwich if you've ever wanted a heart attack try the double down if you ever wanted to just be a little closer to cancer try our double down if you've ever had problems taking a shit that's called constipation try our double down did you ever like meat and me, try our double down. Tired of bread getting in the way of your sandwich? Oh. Try our double down. Did you ever think to yourself, man, the only thing better than having a sandwich would be not have a sandwich? <laughs> try our double down. <laughs> Let's talk about the book a little bit. You yeah. started going through it. And it's hard because it's not a linear story. It's not but linear. I, but I do want to take what we're talking about and explain what in contents of the story sure. so asterius the- polyp is an architect teacher who um is very prestigious he's written books he's had tons of awards for his designs he teaches at ithaca college and the story starts off without any of that it starts off during a thunderstorm where you see asterius at it's weird because the story starts at his worst point in his life yeah he has completely given up it is his 50th birthday he is literally watching videos of him and his ex-wife Having sex? Yeah. And a thunderstorm ignites his house on fire, making all of it up. It's super interesting because right away, this guy's mastery of art is so cool because you see his yeah. apartment. And it's not just dirty. Yeah. It's just, it signifies everything about his life. Yeah. Like how dirty it is, where everything is laid, mm-hmm. how things are thrown, the way it's shadowed, and where he is. You can see that his life is disheveled in a yeah. few panels. In, in simplicity. Yeah. Like, it's not complex. Like, yeah. he uses only a... Co- like, the whole color palette of the whole book is probably only, like... He uses mainly red, colors? blue, and a handful of yellow and a yeah. handful of other colors. And that's yeah. it. And it's all sim- simple lines and mm-hmm. simple designs. Yeah. Except when he chooses specifically to, exactly. s- to hatch and sketch. And it's beautiful. And I think it's his really artwork, his choice, to see that... See, when when I read an indie comic book and I, and I see art like this, like, mm-hmm. I'll go back to the... Um, uh, fuck, what was his name? Jim. Mm-hmm. I just said he was my favorite writer and I forgot his name. Jeff Lemire? Jeff Lemire. Oh, yeah. 
when you see Jeff Lemire's artwork, it looks the same, whatever he's doing. But this guy, you telling me that he did year one and that looks absolutely nothing like this comic book, that blew my mind. Because yeah. usually you'll see them, like, Blankets and Habibi, uh, two comic books written by, uh, drawn by the it same It would be person. on the same place on like the same, same shelf as this yeah. book. Yeah, I would imagine that this guy would draw something like that next or yeah, would go no. forward and drive draw more of no. the same he drew but he daredevil did. he drew batman. daredevil and batman like yeah. fucking awesome comic books with beautiful artwork and the ones and that define the genre he chose to not do that and instead to do this, this very simple, cool unique simple style of writing a simple but complex in time so cool so asterius <sighs> is washed up the fire starts burning down his house super interesting point right at the beginning such good storytelling heat that there's that question of if there's a fire what do you grab in your house right yeah. What would you grab? The, the apartment caught on fire right now. You're in your room. You have 10 seconds. What do you grab? I would grab my Nothing? computer. Nothing. You can't. It's 15 pounds at least hooked up to the wall. You would die. Would, you know that. Yeah, but I would risk it. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, though. Like, what would you grab? Um, like, I, I, I feel in like... terms of the book, I, I yeah. really need you to, like, think about it. Like, what is so important to you? That instinctually, you would just have to grab. I still want to see my computer. You literally can't. Uh, it's hooked to the wall. I know, but it's so easy to unplug. No, it's not. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop it. Um, I don't know. I feel like in my room, I have a lot of... The computer's burning into flames. That's what's burning it down. God damn it. In my room, I have a lot of video games, so instinctually, I would want to grab one of the consoles that I have. There. Okay, you get one. What do you get? I'll grab the PS4. Because that's... That's so replaceable, though. But so is everything in my room. Everything's replaceable. I don't have something... No, it's not. The things he grabs are a lighter his father gave him. Yeah. A Swiss Army knife his wife gave him. There's a third thing. Uh, but... What was the third thing? I don't know. But I don't have anything like and that. And a watch that, that is... And a, a watch that he got that, that was the first thing he ever bought as a kid. Yeah. That he still has. That he bought anything. And he because fixed and he took care of. Right? That, no, no, no. Uh, he broke his father's Swiss watch, but this oh, was okay. the first one he got that same as the astronauts use. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just can't. You don't have think, anything like that. I can't think of anything that I would grab. You might not I feel have like anything like that. <clears throat> I have certain you things that are important to me, but I don't have that many trinkets or, or things where I'm like, this is valuable because it represents this one moment in time that I can never replace again. But I feel like I should have more of those things. I Probably. Like I need, after doing this podcast and having this conversation now, I'm like, you know what? I need to definitely have more. You should instinctually things. have things in your, your room and that you grab. That yeah. you grab on the way out. Yeah. I feel like the logical side of me is like, okay, I would grab clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's something also. But it also says a moment. lot about you. What That's... do you have in the moment that you would grab? Well, you can ask me. I ask you the question. No. Uh, you also. This conversation. Come on. All right, pose it better than that then. If you're going to ask me a question, ask me if a question. I just asked you the question. Nah, it wasn't good enough. Okay, I'm not going to ask it again. That's fair. You had your chance. <laughs> so, in the book, he grabs those three things, and it's so interesting because all three things hugely come into play in the story. It's such good storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that his father gave him the letter is important. The fact that he got that watch of the kids is important. The fact that he got that Swiss Army knife is important. You see all the moments when he got the items. Yeah. And you also see the moments when he gave all those items almost away. Like, he gives two of them away and keeps one until the end. Yeah. And what he gives away, and it's like him accepting his past and letting it go and putting it behind him. So after the fire 
burns up. He goes through Manhattan or something, goes to the subway. He literally has nothing. He's drenched so close, only has what's in his wallet. He takes all the money out, gives it to the bus person, says, give me as far as I can go. Yeah. And he ends up in fucking Algora or some weird mm-hmm. random ass place miles away. And he and it's so interesting because he gets there and he sees a help wanted sign and he's like, Oh we're <laughs> And he and it's like at a mechanic place, he's never been a fucking mechanic. Yeah, he knows nothing about and then, cars. Oh, I fucking love this moment. This is such a good character moment where he's like, Oh, but I have an E and can I start in like an hour? And he's like, Yeah, sure, go down to blah 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 down the street. He's like, Okay, he passes it. Stomach grumbling, goes to the library and studies for an hour so he can prepare to be a mechanic. <laughs> it's so interesting because he's it also is, he's also a genius. Exactly that's is. also a part of his character. He is a really smart guy, and that's honestly one of his biggest flaws because his intelligence doesn't allow him, him to connect, and it defines him. And yeah. So if he's ever challenged, he resorts back to his intellect. Mm-hmm. So throughout the story, you are in the present day where he's 50 years old, He's in this other town, learning about himself, yeah. rediscovering himself, and then also flashes back to um, his his earlier life, his single bachelor life, and his relationship with his wife. Yeah. How they met, while they were together, why it ended, yeah. and it goes through. So it's almost like two parallel stories. It's yeah. the modern and starting at the... So, and it goes and back also, and one very interesting thing is that the parallel stories are told through the eyes of his unborn oh, yeah. twin brother. Mm-hmm. Ignacio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really interesting. In the beginning, I had thought, I, I was like, you know what? This is stupid. Like, you don't need this. Like, I don't need to know <laughs> that you a had a twin brother that was never born. And, yeah. and it really, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and then I, I realized that the reason they did that was because the whole thing is sort of about duality and choices and like who you are and missed opportunities too a little bit you know and who you could have been and so i think having the the idea of the past being told by someone else uh who never existed um was really interesting and it really helped me understand that concept more yeah because it was not unbiased like it it posed it as if his brother did exist. Yeah, So exactly. he is biased to his brother in the yeah. situation. But in such a unique way, it almost gives you even more information than an mm-hmm. omniscient narrator. Yeah. Um, and going into what you're saying about duality, that is a huge thing. Right, wrong. There's two kinds of people. There, This whole thought of... There's two kinds of people. There's people that make lists and there's people that complete lists. Like, those type of people that separate the world in black and white and simple... Yeah. That's 100% me. Yeah, you always say, nope, I think of things black and white. I'm like, well, Nick, there's, it's more gray. The world is more gray. And you're like, and, nope. And he explains it right here perfectly. It's it's not that I don't know there's gray. It's not that I won't accept that there's gray. It's not that I deny it exists. I don't. I know there's gray. 100%. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. Of course. But in terms of interpreting this mess, mess, mess of a world... I find it easy, easier to compartmentalize the world into two groups. So there is right and wrong. Yeah. There is good and evil. There is good and bad. There is I like and I don't like. Mm-hmm. There is I love and I hate. And our main character does that too. Asterius, Throughout the whole he says, story. In the beginning, I forgot what he separates people into. But he basically separates people into two parts. And he says, these, you know, there's one, there's these type of people, and then there's these type of people. And I'm, I'm 
blanking on what he says. No, no I'm going to look because it's a super... But it's this whole beginning horror. thing where he explains yeah, it. He's talking to his class... His co- fellow... Was that the, No. He's it's talking far. to his colleague. No. It's this guy. Girls. But it's after he fucks these girls. Yo, I started reading on, this, <laughs> on the train and I was like, oh shit. I forgot he fucks women in this. <laughs> I feel like it was sooner than this. I think it was super early. Yeah, I feel like it was the first couple of pages. Yeah, was it around there? No. Hmm, because that's the whole beginning. He's talking to his classmate. No, he was in a bar talking to that one weird looking other teacher. Might be somewhere. Maybe I have to think it's long. Now we have to find it. I'll just call it so. <laughs> oh my god, this book is so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's just a fucking crate. I guess that fucking book not in the pocket. He was definitely talking. Just... No, we're All finding right. it now. We're halfway through the fucking book. He was definitely yeah, we're talking. We're not reading it, so we don't know, right? No, I, I, I. You remember? I okay. just fucking read it. That's right. <laughs> Here we Is that go. it? I think it's somewhere around here. Yeah. To left and right brain. Okay, so here it is. Um. Well, it's funny because he talks about duality. He says, duality is rooted in nature. The brain is divided right and left. Electric currents are either positive or negative. Our very existence is male and female. It's yin and yang. And he's like, I disagree. Duality is an invention that seems to be true, but only because the examples you cite share superficial similarities that appear to be appear to be dualistic. And then he says, ah, but it's one or the other, right? And he's like, I'll give you this. There are two types of people in the world. Those who break things into two kinds and those who don't. <laughs> So, this whole sense of right and wrong, good and evil, I relate so fucking much to it that I that this is the book that made me realize that it's a flaw. That's good. That's good though. Like I know that some that my hubris, I need it to not get in the way. So I do it all the time. I still do it. It's I'm not ever gonna change. It's just the way my mind works. It's simple. Uh, when I try to help a friend, I'm uh, the things I'm gonna say is like, well, it's either gonna work out or it's not, you know. Like yeah. you can't cry over spilled milk. It's either gonna work or it's not. You can't spill can't, can't cry over spilled milk. Like that whole like oh, sentiment okay. of yeah. it's funny. We're just talking to our other friend about this. Like we just I can't think about it any other way. Like yeah. this is duality and whatever. But this book made me realize that just because I am right. Or I am wrong, or it is this way, or it isn't this way, doesn't mean that I can't listen. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. And I think that's something that he kind of has to learn in this book because yeah. his intelligence and him seeing the world in black and white, it ruined his relationship. 100%. Because and... it's the way. Because it's the way he talked to people too, right? Yeah, like he he's talks very to... dismissive of everyone else's ideas. Everyone, everyone. Yeah, um, he belittled people in front yeah. of them, and then 
he Super found much joy so. in it. Yeah. And, you know, and it was cruel almost. Yeah. And, so, and it's interesting because it's like world. you said earlier, it's like it's not intentional at all. No. He's not yeah. a bad guy. Yeah, you can tell that in fact, his intent is not to hurt people. His intent is to be nice. Yeah. It, it, somewhere in the book, he even explains, like, he just believes honesty is the most important thing. Which isn't a bad philosophy. It's not mm-hmm. wrong. Um, but sometimes it's what's left unsaid that's the nice thing to do. Yeah. But that's one aspect of the book. I mean, you can talk more about it. But the other aspect that... that like So that really related to me, right? This yeah. duality thing. But the yeah. other thing that fucking opened up my eyes like mm-hmm. in such a way of thinking that i was like i never thought about it like this yeah and the reason it only worked in this book is because the visualization of it is throughout a lot of the book when they show a character a character gets their own unique design and i don't mean as in this person's tall this person's short he literally takes a different art form for each person's like inner being so asterius who is architecture he is rigid. He is dualistic. Yeah. When he draws him, it's simple, round, and straight lines. Yeah. That are blue, like a blueprint. Exactly. It's cylinders and triangles, pretty much. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Circles and straight lines. It's yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then the love that he meets and his wife later, Hannah. He draws in red hatching, mm-hmm. sketch, and he draws them like that, and they pose this idea yeah. that. Are we... Oh, how does it explain it? But I'll say while you're thinking that not only... When she's not even in the red sketch, she still is like curves. You know? She yes. is a, a f- more fluid form than Asterius. Yeah. And then the, and they explain that... It's interesting because like, it kind of goes into your analogy earlier. Mm-hmm. Where everyone's their own island. So like everyone has their own unique island. Some islands don't match up. Yeah. So there's some people that they're, you're, just, you're such a different art style. At your core, you're just so different. Yeah. You'll never get along. You'll just never relate. It'll never happen. Yeah. And then there's other people who, even though they're different, try their hardest all their lives to relate with other people. And then it it cites, is like, should we work hard to change our style of art, our being at its core to fit someone else? Or do we spend our whole life finding someone that fits in with that? And it doesn't answer the question. It shows their meet cute yeah. at the faculty party. So it shows Asterius in the corner, blue, rigid lions. And then it shows her in the other corner, hatching. And he's like, who's that? And it's like the new faculty member. Very simple meet cute. The story isn't anything outrageously yeah. new or different. Yeah. But it's the fucking art. Because then they start to talk. And he literally starts to bleed the hatching and the art blues into each other. That by the end of their conversation where they've kind of fallen in love, it's half and half. Like he has yeah. in him the blue lines and the hatching and she has in her the blue lines and the hatching. Yeah. And that like blew my mind. <laughs> like to think about it like that. Because the only way you would really get that, mm-hmm. that theory is with that visual storytelling. You know? What, yeah, do, what do you think with, about... I was going to say, with comic books, uh, visual t- storytelling is so important. And you... Most comic books are honestly about superheroes. Like, that's just a fact, right? Yeah. They're most comic books are... Definitely like, most of the good ones. Yeah. A majority of the popular ones are about superheroes. Let's mm-hmm. say that. And then there's been this whole indie movement with telling real stories. And that's what this comic book does. It tells a real story in comic book art form. There's no superheroes or anything. But one of the things you can't do. Serious is my hero. <laughs> one of the comic books you can't. One of the things you can do with comic books is that you can 
show and you don't have to just tell them what's happening. You can literally show what is happening on the inside of a human being or what is happening in the scene without having to say they're falling in love. Yeah. Um, and in a movie, it's harder to do, you know, with because it's you have not it with as, longing looks. You have it with dialogue. You have, yeah, you have small little things, but you can't show it as well as you could in an art form like this. Mm-hmm. And having her completely encapsulate him. Um, and having their world sort of bleed into each other really shows that they're connected and they're a part of each other now. His, you know, their islands have now f- joined. Yeah. And uh, whatever influences they have on each other, it's going to affect them for the rest and of their lives. And it's super interesting because throughout the story, as they drift apart, it shows them harshlier in her hatching and his blue. And when they, like, reconnect, it reconnects them. So, like... Uh, like later when they're fighting it draws them normal but then every once in a while it supersedes those pictures with him in the blue and her in the red just to show that theme again of they are so different you know because i think also when you're fighting you resort back to kind of who you are and you feel alone and that aloneness uh is shown in the comic book by showing their shapes yeah coming back so cool it's really great. Um, I would also say um, when you draw a comic book, people don't think about the panels, yeah. which is uh, in most comic books, it's a very simple panel format and occasionally they get a little creative. Yeah, but even with, in a, even with simple, there's still a math and science behind like the space exactly. between panels is time to Paneling breathe, time passing. is an art form. Yeah, 100%. Um, and this comic book just like does so many wonderful and beautiful things with the panels. Like mm-hmm. there, a lot of times there's no panels on the page at all. And that's so interesting. Even in the first couple of pages, there's just like a page with no fucking panels and the words are kind of everywhere. And that choice for the writer was really really cool because what paneling does is for those of you who haven't read comic books before paneling tells you where to focus your eyes tells you where to move along the page and having that movement be free in certain places and then really rigid in other places that's storytelling and i think his mastery over the panels was so beautiful to see and it's something that i really respected from this writer yeah come on come on mm-hmm, i want to mm-hmm, hear come on come on like i obviously love this book <laughs> yeah and it obviously had a huge impact on me and you you sound like you liked it uh quite a bit but talk to me about what you were what you were thinking of like i don't I know uh, it didn't change your world, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like it did for me. It did most, not. <laughs> most of the reason was it was it touched me in the perfect time of my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do want to know, like, what... Like, did it open any doors? Did, you, did it make you think about anything? I, did I it like this. It made me think about... I, it made... Honestly, whole, the reading, reading it, Asterius was so not like me. Yeah. And even the woman was not like me. Yeah. And so I couldn't see myself or place myself in this comic book. That doesn't mean that I, I can't enjoy it. That doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to discredit the comic book. It's just sometimes you read a comic book and you can't relate 
do you, can I relate to Superman? Fucking no, I can't. Well, it's I'm not like the Superman. same with books and movies. It's the same thing with everything. Yeah. You you can't always relate, but when you can relate, you can build a stronger bond to that thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like with you, I could see how you related. You know, I could. I'm, see I'm sure you know things. me so well. Yeah, and I can see how you saw yourself in that story. And so a lot of it, I was thinking about. I was like, oh, I, I could see why Nick likes this so much immediately within the first like few chapters of the first few pages of the book i saw you in the story and i saw little things that maybe you saw that you do that he does and and a lot of similarities and so i i found myself bonding with you through the book without you being there <laughs> oh cool that's cool you know yeah um and so it gave me an interesting perspective Did it give you like a little insight mind. into yeah. me and how yeah, i think exactly and why it. i do the things i do yeah, and... because i mean a serious like uh, you do you've done you've gotten better and stuff but you've done things like cut you know sometimes you cut people off and not notice it's a it. habit i do all the time exactly it's one of my biggest flaws it's happen- it happens on the podcast <laughs> and honestly that's why people come week to week know. it's what, I, what <laughs> but, happens but um for for the podcast for me I, th- I feel like it's an excitement thing more than anything because i'm excited to talk about thing you're excited to talk about thing. yeah and but, no, but it's also a huge flaw in my but personality in conversations when it happens yeah. it it's not because you think i, I don't want to speak for you but i don't think you it's try. because you think the person is stupid yeah uh but it's maybe because you think you already know what they're going to say so you finish their sentence in your head and then you're like okay i'm just going to continue my thought because yeah. i know what you're saying 100 percent. um and happens so all the time. he does that a lot in the book and i was yeah. like okay cool i can see that yeah. and um just little things like that. It's funny when I was um, thirteen. Yeah. Joseph, popular person on the podcast, my best friend since second grade, <laughs> uh, had to. I remember I was sitting on my grandma's porch, and he had to pull me. He didn't pull me to the side. We were friends. We were hanging out, but he like made it a point to like bring the tone down, get super serious, and be yeah. like, "Hey, Nick, you're one of my best friends." I'm like, "Yeah, I know," and he's like. You call me stupid all the time. And I'm like, what? No, I don't. And he's like, you do. I know why you're doing it. I know you don't mean it. I know you're smart. And you you, and you think so. And everyone yeah. knows so. But when you say those words to me, sometimes you're making me feel actually stupid. And ever since then, anytime... I still say it all the time. I called you an idiot like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but... Every time I say it, there is a grain that like clicks in my head like a little like like a little like a little drop that reminds myself like, oh, you did it again, Nick. Yeah. You know, you know, you didn't mean anything. Check the eyes of the person. Make sure they didn't mean anything. (laughs) Move on from it. It's not a big deal. But know that you did it again. Yeah. Since that conversation. Yeah. And I think that's the type of person that Asterius is in this book. And I, that's why I saw a similarity between you guys. Yeah. And he has to change. And he realized that in the book. He realizes, fuck, like, I lost someone I truly, truly cared about because I was doing all this stuff and not even realizing it. Yeah. You know, he would put down other people that she was working with professionally. And she saw it as a reflection on her when he wasn't even thinking that. No, he was upset because she was spending a lot of time with the other creatives. He wasn't getting anything. He was a little jealous. And he reverted back to what he defines himself with, which is his intellect. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. And when reading the comic, you understand Fry from his viewpoint. But it's, he's still completely wrong. Exactly. Like he's still completely messed up. It's all still 100% his fault. 
even though you don't, you know, you know, know, you know where it came from. You know yeah. why he did it. You know where, uh, why all of it. It's still one hundred percent his fault. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I always tell people this: like, you can be smart, but to think that no one else has something to offer is uh, is pompous and idiotic. Yeah. In itself, because I used I can to think go to uh, I, I can go to anybody and I can learn something. Yeah. Right. Even if it's someone that everyone's like that person's a fucking idiot they're stupid they well know people nothing. like me and Asterius don't start there I grew up thinking I was the smartest person in the room yeah and 9 times 10 I would be so <laughs> no there was no reason growing up there was no negative reinforcement to be like hey Nick no you're not yeah my family I love them to death but they ate that shit up they let me be they allowed me to be they're like yeah. wow Nick you're so clever and smart you're obviously the smartest person in this room. And they let me lift myself up and define myself with that. Yeah. And then in school, also didn't Band help. the flames. School also didn't help. They sent me once a week to a special program. Mm -hmm. All the teachers raved. Sometimes they would make me do extra work, yeah. different work by myself alone. On the other side, fanning the flame again. Yeah. All my other friends around me, fanning the flame again calling me the that. smart one and, and and i never knew it was something wrong with it until one with that conversation with joseph thank god for fucking joseph yeah for calling you out well it's funny because we've been bad friends for so long me and him and here's why i feel like we're so we're so different mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm sure from you Volpen, we're like very much the same a little bit no i think you guys are pretty i don't know different. it's hard because <laughs> we think the same way in yeah. so many things but that's only because of years of us Blah, like vomiting yeah vomiting ourselves so he's like super street smart yeah. and he's like wise he's like yeah. he knows what a person's thinking what a person's feeling and i grew up being the intellectual one you know and we kind of like i taught him i was like no joseph like he failed math every year of high school mm -hmm. because he felt like it yeah he's just as good as math as i am he just didn't feel like it so i tried to like hey being smart's okay and he to me was like hey being not smart, okay. <laughs> like you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I didn't. I didn't realize until yeah. late in co in late in high school when I finally started making like real friends. Yeah. That I wasn't the smartest person in the room. Like maybe I would know something. Maybe I knew some stupid word that I heard when I listened to fucking NPR because I'm a pompous prick. <laughs> but that doesn't mean this person can't teach me something. Yeah. You know, and I still gotta check myself every once in a while. I still, I still relate. Yeah. You guys are usually pretty good about like, no, yeah, that was fine. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not true. Uh, uh, and we also all play it up a little bit because yeah. it's one of my things. So we yeah, all yeah. kind of goat about it. But, but I know it's there now, you know, and reading this book, I never realized what that did to a relationship. Yeah. All my relationships up till Kate, all of them, I was the alpha. Every single one. If I go back to my first girlfriend, Natasha, my other one, Amanda, all the, all the girls that I've ever dated, yeah. I was always the alpha. And they were just like Hannah. And they would look up to me, and they would change themselves to be like me, and fan the flames. And they would, and would, they would allow me to be the smart one, be the right one. Yeah. And the problem isn't that I'm, not, that I'm right, because I was right. And then when I got with Kate... The same thing happened where all the time, and I'm sure you saw it all the time. Like, we had a pretty good relationship. We were yeah. okay. But she would mess up sometimes. And yeah. I would call her out on it. Yeah. 
and then I wouldn't mess up as much, and I would call myself out on it. And I never realized, like, it's my fault that I didn't listen, even if I thought she was wrong. I thought it was my job to make sure she was right. I thought it was my job that she would have the best life possible. So if I thought that the process to get to her degree faster or to complete this assignment or to get the fucking groceries, this was the best one, I would say, hey, this is the best reason because this is this. Mm -hmm. And half of it's her fault. Because she would be she like, didn't push back. She okay, just said, okay, yeah. right. But half of it was mine for not slowing down and letting her figure it out. Maybe she wanted to figure it out. To be fair, yeah. Like maybe she, I don't know. If, I don't think she was the one. But so I don't think she would have got there. Yeah. But reading this book made me realize that even though, in all of our eyes, I think we all kind of think she messed up, and she let the relationship deteriorate because. She wanted weird other things that none of us think are right. This book made me realize that it was also my fault. It was okay. also my fault because I didn't let her breathe. I didn't let her grow. I assumed I was the alpha and she allowed me to be the alpha. Yeah. And she felt trapped and she felt stuck and she never talked to you about things. And so no. she... Probably, and then she left, and then she had like sort of like this weird lashing out phase, and then doing all this other stuff, and and she felt that I feel like she's lived a sort of um, I don't I don't want to talk about her life, but she she lived lived a sheltered sheltered life, life. yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like when that happens, you you tend to just like this, just like a serious. I was a bright light that she flew right into. You know, I mean, it's not my fault that I'm a bright light. I'm not going to apologize for being myself. But I will apologize for letting her do it, you know? It's weird. Because, no, it, but yeah, yeah. You, you're both at full for different yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's good And this book let me realize that. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Because it's a fucking comic. That's fair. Um, and honestly, I haven't been in a relationship since her. And I think a little bit is because of that. Because I now know that I need to find someone that isn't going to stoke my flames. Mm-hmm. That isn't going to allow me to be the alpha. That isn't going to allow me to be right all the time. I need someone to call me out, to keep me yeah. in check. And I haven't found anyone like that. And it's hard, too, because when you're so uh, dominant of a personality and when you're like, my idea is black and white, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You need to be called out on your shit yeah. more. <laughs> and, and it's not that I won't allow myself to be, because I do. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty grounded. I, I know when I'm doing it. Like, if I'm being called out on it. I'm usually able to take a step back and be like, you're completely right. I'm completely wrong. Yeah. You know, when, when it happens. Um, but it's hard to find someone like that in this big grand world of it things. Is because there's a trillion people and yeah. you're looking for A very one. specific kind <laughs> of uh, thing. Yeah. But at least now I know what I'm looking for. Instead of, there's been girls in college that, I won't name names, but... Name all the names. Social well, security numbers. You know who the girls are. Phones. They were similar to Kate in yeah. a way where they were attracted to my flames and they wanted to stoke them. They wanted to let me be the smart one because they gravitated. like, wow, Nick, you're so smart. Oh, yeah. man. And they and, and I was like, oh, I can't date you. Yeah. But also kind of submissive people tend to seek as, as usually like a submissive, usually person. Um, yeah. I would say that. 
Uh, you yeah, tend you're to way seek closer to Hana than Asterius. Yeah, I'm, yeah, for sure. Um, not but, that bad, but... Yeah, but I think I you just, as someone like that, you tend to gravitate towards people who maybe are more assertive and are, are themselves a bit more because you're like, oh, I, I would like to be myself too, you yeah. know? And so I can see why those types of people uh, gravitate towards you. Yeah. And so I understand that. But also those times people have a lot of growing to do you know yeah and so it, and it hurts I know them now only to, that to i can't be, be with a person that has growing to do yeah i can't i would stop someone from growing hmm. i would impede them from growing i i think that's i i, I don't in think this specific thing that, we're talking about yeah in that way sure but i don't think you should say you should stop someone from, that you would stop someone from growing because i don't think that's true um, but I think I think maybe you're being too hard on yourself. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I think I think not, maybe not growing, but they have to be sure. They have to be know who they, they are be because sure. you are so sure of yourself. Yeah, and so they have to meet you there. Yeah, you're at a level, and they have to meet you at that level. Yeah, and that's the only way things are really going to work yes. out. Because if they don't, then it's going to seem like you are controlling their lives a little bit. Yeah, because you're like this this way, and they say yeah sure. This yeah. this way, and they're like, okay, and then this this way, and then yeah. you know, even though you're not intending it to be that way, you are controlling them. Great, yeah. Even you know, you can have the best of intentions. You want Kate to, you know, you wanted her to have a good life and, and go to good school and stuff like yeah. that, but still, you were controlling her actions. Yeah. She'd be like, I don't know what to do, and I'd be like, This is what you should do, and she'd be like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not abusive. I'm not putting my talents into her but i was controlling what yeah. was happening and that that is and that's a flaw and that, that's something yeah. that you need to you know because you don't want it to happen again of right so yeah. but we all have growing to do too of course and so i think that it's cool that you read this book and i definitely connected with your thought process more reading this book and being able to see <laughs> uh, the world a little differently you know that's that's real fun that you read this book and we're able to think of me. It's super flattering mm -hmm. that you put enough weight into me as my friend to know me <laughs> well enough to know my flaws uh -huh. enough to know where I relate to this guy yeah. and where I found things to grow from. That's that's real cool. You're a pretty cool guy. Thank you so much. Yeah. How you know what? You win this challenge. Yeah, I won. You Do win. I get a point? For those of you keeping score at home, Marcus I, gets another point on the point board. I don't know. I got super personal. I don't know. <laughs> we got a couple friends. We got a couple friends that are, are going to listen to this and be like, "Damn, yeah." <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. And then we have a couple strangers uh, that are going to listen to this and be like, "Damn." <laughs> it's all about us trying nerdy things and then getting weirdly deep about it, <laughs> like Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer, go! <laughs> I like I like Speed Racer a little more in hindsight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I don't have to watch it, I like Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the thought of you. Speed Racer. You like the campiness? Yeah. God. There's only like one more panel in here that there's so many great art pieces throughout this whole fucking book because it's all fucking fantastic yeah. in its art. I, I will say one moment that really like messed with me and was like, "Oh fuck, their relationship sucks." Is when um she go she's finally getting to be more free and out of Asterius's control and she's like you know what I'm doing my own thing I'm doing this art I'm doing this 
And then, like, the guy that she's working for walks in the room, and he's like, oh, were you abused growing up? And then Sirius just laughs, and he's like, ha, I, like, fucking, I would know that. We've been married, like, for and a few years now. the next panel is just a wide shot of all three of them with their head down and no words. Exactly. And it's obvious that she was. And yeah. that's something Asterius did not know, did yeah. not bother to ask. Yeah. Well, also didn't or, know to ask. He's not, not ask. good yeah. at that. He's not good at that part of connecting. Exactly. You know? But the fact that you can be married to someone and not know something so integral to their person. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. That was, that made, that, in that moment, I was like, ooh, this is definitely a terrible relationship. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also at the same time, it didn't come up because she's moved past it. And she's defined herself after it and... You know, of she, course, but it like her, affects yeah. her. It's stuff yeah. like that affects you. For but it affects her in life. such a like ingrained way, not like a. She has night terrors and can't sleep because yeah. of it. Just in a fact that she doesn't like attention. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It's it's super weird and super different, and I I don't think they were. God, I think they were married at that point. I guess huh? they were married. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why it fucked with me so much because I was like. Fuck, they're married. <laughs> like, it's not just regular, like, you know overdating first couple happens? of months, first year. Yeah. No, they were married. You know how often that probably happens? It too? probably happens a lot. All the time. Yeah, because I don't know. Just... There's things in my past that if they don't come up, I don't know if I. Hey. Yeah. We're 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 at we're at eight months, so there's a list of things I need you to know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I guess it just so. doesn't. I wouldn't know. Happen. But also, a serious isn't tough to ask. Exactly. You but know? for me, I just have I've been through so much that I can't imagine someone marrying you and you marrying not me knowing and those not knowing things about me yeah um so but it's totally can like, happen yeah i guess so those situations right whirlwind romances happen things happen too quick yeah that it never comes up you know yeah but i, I yeah i would feel oh my god no yeah. i would feel like i have to mention so many things yeah. but you're also <laughs> you're, i think you're a little like me where you couldn't be intimate with someone without those things naturally just coming up yeah with the connection you're making with someone you know yeah like we've sure. been friends for years and all the things you've passed have naturally inched up bit by bit i'm yeah. sure there's still tons i don't know but we're also not getting married but <laughs> but just us being closer and closer as yeah. people i have learned more and more about you just of from course. not not because you decided it's like hey nick we've been friends for three years I'm this is the milestone this let thing, me yeah. tell you about these six things that have happened to me and define me as a person <laughs> it just comes up yeah when you're being intimate as a yeah, friend or a lover and, with and the that person. shows that maybe their intimacy wasn't there. Yeah. And neither of them were allowing themselves to yeah. be there. With and and it's also super interesting because is it her fault for not bringing it up or is it his fault for not asking? Is it his fault for not noticing or is I it her think, fault for not divulging? No, I think it's, I think it's not it's both. even that. I think it's more like, why weren't they comfortable enough with each other for her to bring it up at some point? Because it's also a trust thing. So if she really, truly trusted him, you know, I feel like she would have brought it up. But then there's always that thing, too, where assuming in the story she was abused as a child, Mm -hmm. assuming that's what we're talking about. Yeah. uh, Maybe she didn't want him to think less of her. Yeah. And that's I can see that, too. Yeah. I can see that. There's so many layers. There are a lot of layers. It's definitely a problem, though. It's definitely a problem. It is a problem. problem. Yeah, for sure. The only other one I want to talk about is this moment where... He's like picking a blister for his foot, and when you turn the page, he's still picking a blister from his foot, but it flashes back to when he was married. And then there are these like four pages of um I'm picking a blister. These from six his pages foot. of her she gets a Q tick stuck in her stuck in her ear. And that's one through line of these four pages, but also through the pages are like mundane 
things, the quotation marks, gross things that she has to do as a woman in his life. So she, she poops, she farts, she blows her nose, she gets sick, she throws up, she, uh, she has her period, she cleans up cat litter, she cuts her, like, shaving, she shaves her armpits. All these things, like, these, it's so intimate. These pages. Yeah. Because there's no... Like, you're not supposed to look at these pages of her puking and farting and pooping and be like, Eel, she's pooping. You're supposed to see this as... Hopefully someone with that kind of... Like, if you look at it... If you look <laughs> mentality at it, wouldn't be reading this. If you look at the point of view, it's from his point of view. Yeah. Right? This is what he sees. And in her face is a comfort that is so honest, I think. Like, to life and to love. And, like, it's so fucking cliche for me to say, but... Yeah. Keep talking. When you are with someone and you love them and you can do these things with them... Yeah. And it doesn't matter... Mm-hmm. It's just so sweet and heartwarming. Yeah, I and feel like... And real. I feel like love exists Love's in hard the, to capture, it, and it, this is capturing Yes. It, you know? Uh, yeah, and also I feel like love exists in the mundane, because if you can love yes. someone through the bore, most boring moments, mm-hmm. that's what... Like, life is boring. Like, life isn't a romantic comedy. Life isn't a romantic movie yeah. where... Unless you're, you're a me. flash. Unless you're Nick. Yeah. And where it's a flash, and then you're in love, and then you're married, and then you have oh. kids, and life is perfect all the time, Like guys, I'm getting married next week. Um, But life relationships are sort of mundane and repetitive and 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 you have to see them through their everyday moments you see someone picking their um nose you see yeah. someone farting you see someone on the toilet and and you still love them through all of that mm-hmm. boring repetitive shit yeah and that's what love really is yeah it's not going to exciting places every day there's a little bit of that for sure there has to be some it of has that. to be some yeah. of that to keep things spicy <laughs> keep things uh, are spicy <laughs> it's a spicy people. but at the same time a majority of your time is gonna be love through the mundane mm-hmm. and i like that moment because it shows that yeah with beautiful art yeah all from like his point of view super cool way to do it yeah. you know anyway i love this book and i'm really glad you read it thank you yeah i'm glad we got to talk about it yeah. Gotta talk about a great book with Nicholas. Serious Polyp. Yeah. Great. So that's a Serious Polyp by Dave Machetz. David Monsterchilli. His name is so fucking hard to say, dude. Monsterchilli. Monsterchilli. David Monsterchilli. Okay. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It's in hardcover. Let's just talk about the book just for one second because it's so okay. cool because it's a hardcover, mm-hmm. but the book jacket is too small. For the book, you can't buy this in paperback. This is yeah. the way the book comes. This is yeah. the only way you could buy it. And like, even his design choice of the book, and he the book printed is literally mysterious. in two colors, duality and, on the cover yeah, of the book. Yeah, and there's blue and then red, and then there's like, and then it's like it's all fucking. He made even like all of it exactly how he yeah. needed to. The design of the book itself. And there were two reasons why he said out. that I saw that he made the book jacket smaller. One was, it was about art again, and how the cover, he wanted it to be smaller so you can see the inside workings, you know? Mm-hmm. And another one was, he, this is literally the most complicated way he could think of for the publishers had to make the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of a troll, but nice. that's a serious problem. Cool. Uh, did you like this book? I liked it. It was great. great. I really enjoyed reading it. Awesome. 
would you recommend this book? I would definitely recommend this book. If you like graphic novels or if you like human stories, it's a, it's a great book. I think it's a great one if you don't like graphic novels, too. Like, if you not, sure, yeah. you haven't watched Watchmen, read Batman. Yeah, if you don't like graphic novels, because I don't read graphic novels because it's all about superheroes and I hate Batman. You can show this as like, yeah, this is more intellectual than most of the books you're reading. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so this is a great insight as to what the potential of the art form is. Yes, this is totally like... This is what the art form can accomplish. Yeah. Like, this is the arguments I made as president of comic was like, no, comic books aren't, this is why. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And would you read, will you, it's only the one book, I, I can't, like, are you going to keep reading it, or are you going <laughs> to read his other stuff? Or, I would probably, okay. I don't know. I would probably read his other stuff. He's on your radar now. He's definitely on my radar, yeah. because I, I definitely want to check out more of his stuff. I, yeah. I like his work, and I want to see it's where it goes He hasn't from done, like, here. a lot of this stuff. Like there's some other stuff he's he's done tons of stuff he's a successful comic book writer yeah. artist but he hasn't like this I think this is like his magnum opus like I think this is like his book you know that's fair yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool awesome okay Nick, the podcast bye bye no 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 you have to get your challenge oh but, but I don't mm, no your no, challenge no more room in the card no Nick, more I was room th- on I was the actually card. thinking about giving you a horror movie. And then I realized that October is coming up so fast that I gotta save all of my my heart goodness. Ooh, maybe we should October. do all horror for October. I was Go back just gonna forth. say that. Let's do that. Yeah, but October now you planted the seed, and it sounds like it was my idea. So, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. The listeners know we've already established. Really I think was. I'm the smarter one in this podcast. <laughs> we've already established it. It's happened. It's on recording. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so we. Yeah, I, I think we should definitely do that. So I'm not going to give you a horror movie. Okay. Instead, I'm going to go swing in the t- complete opposite direction and give you uh, another cartoon. I feel like I give you too many animated things. But who cares? Is this People an anime? People are overrated. Or is this animated. A, is this not an anime? Nope. No, I only want animes. You want anime? Yeah. Okay, how about Weeaboo Rising about an otaku who loves boobies? Thanks, chef. Yeah, let me turn this off right now. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you Steven Universe, which is a show that I love and millions of other people love. And uh, Hold on. I just have one question. Sure, what's up? Those millions of other people that like the show, mm-hmm. are they in the 8 to 13 demographic of viewers? I is this say, a kid's show? I, it is a kid's show. No, I like, say... like a blatant, not like... It's a show that trans- no, transcends no, 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 no. the medium. Not like it, The Last Airbender evolved. that is a kid's show, but it's obviously also for adults. This that's is like, what it is. No. It's, okay, I would say it's like My Little Pony. We're like... That's what I'm saying. No. It's one intended audience, and then another audience ended up really liking it. Right, but, but this is intended demo- for children. Uh, adults and children are like... No! The, the, I don't know. The workings of the group involved in the show mm. are entirely targeted towards... No! I don't think People of all ages. Nah, I'm gonna pass. Children of all ages. I'm gonna pass. You gotta pick something else. Oh, man, Nick, you're gonna use your pass that you already used? Too bad! <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, 25 more episodes. <laughs> you know what the best part about this podcast is? Yeah. I got you so fucking shook you're never gonna use your pass. No. You're right. <laughs> I will probably never use my pass. Uh, I should have used it on American Mall. I feel like that's one episode where I told you to. I should have fucking used it. Yeah. But I love that episode so much that I'm glad I did it. <laughs> Yo, dude, the um, I have nothing else to say goodbye. Goodbye.